Welcome back to the Two Track Mind podcast feeds. I'm Liam Toms. With me, as always, is... Edward Crawley. And this is a new show for the feed. So we've decided that we want to dedicate a show to new music that we're listening to. We talk a lot about um, music that we're nostalgic about, don't we? And uh, I think, I guess what we want to do is just celebrate some new music as well. Yeah, we um, from time to time we will pick albums we've maybe listened to maybe one or a couple of you know we've both done singles in the past but I think um over the last I don't know month or two there's been some stuff coming out which has grabbed our ears and we've enjoyed and I think we wanted to give it a bit more time than we might do if it was in the original format which was we'd normally slot it into an open mics so yeah we wanted to give it a bit more time and yeah just to discuss it and our thoughts Yes, and to coincide with this, we are going to start a new Spotify playlist as well, and we'll add a track either from the albums that we're discussing or a single track if, if it's obviously a single. Uh, yeah. So head over to Spotify and please follow that playlist, um, and then what you can do, obviously, after you listen to each of these episodes, is you can uh, check out the songs themselves uh, on on the, on the playlist. Um, so without any further ado... Well, just quickly, how did you find this? Because obviously you are, let's be honest, your creative writing and your writing skills, you're in marketing and advertisement and whatnot, you're, you could easily probably work for a publication writing reviews. You've got that sort of, but how did you find it? Did you, have you written any sentences or have you just got bullet points? <laughs> just bullet points in truth. Yeah, um, I wish I'd done, I've got a lot of bullet points, but I wish I'd done more sentences because I'm not as poetic as you. <laughs> I, yeah i mean i think perhaps it's worth uh sort of clarifying that it's not we're not we're not trying to write a review here like the sort of review you might read in enemy magazine like this is are more... we not right. <laughs> <laughs> out the window uh for the per- we should state that we are facetiming again and i've just pretended to chuck my notes um no i haven't uh, yeah, I, I imagine this to be more uh, a discussion about the the races, more more than like a very critical review. Uh, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about the music that we like as well, so hopefully it'll all be positive rather than um, a, a negative critique. Yeah, um, all right. I was actually I was actually going to ask you. So, when you've got like a new album to listen to, what what tends to be your approach to it? Do you sort of set aside some time, or will you just bang it on as soon as it drops on Spotify? Uh, so with this first one, um, uh, I very much, uh, the first time I listened to it was on a run. In fact, as were the other two, all three of the ones that I've sort of got notes on were the first listens were all on runs. Uh, the first one I'm going to discuss, I've listened to multiple times now. I reckon, I reckon I'm easily over 20 because I've, I, I, and I'll address why. Um, I, but yeah, I, I I put it on before I was going to bed one night, and yeah, again I'll explain why I end up having a late night. Um, I'm very lucky with the first one I'm going to do because she's um, the lady in question has just been a guest on Adam Buxton's podcast, um, and it's actually Laura Marling, um, and the album is Song for Our Daughter. Um, so she, do you want me to discuss that now? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just interested to know, like, do because well, I yeah, find I, 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 I can... dedicate time to listen to it, I, almost like as if I was going to listen to a podcast rather than just put it on as background noise for the first listen. 
Well, yeah, with, with the run, uh, I take everything in. I do a lot of podcasts and stuff, and running, there is no other noise other than the occasional, you know, telling Bruce to be nearer to me. Um, I don't, especially in um, the current climate we're in, I'm not running with anyone, so I'm not talking, and my headphones are noise cancelling, so I can really just I run and just take it all in. Um, and in the van, I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff in the van. I put the old music for you segment on which i've said before uh but driving obviously isn't really the best place to take in new music because obviously you're busy you're watching the road or you should be um so yeah um but when i was writing them i actually because i messaged you last night didn't i saying i've just finished and that no, was, I was, like I was just about to go to sleep when i saw that message because i literally went back and listened to them all again and I was like, what am I doing? Like, let's just chuck the old sentence into open mics and I'll discuss which lyrics I find shit. You know? <laughs> I hope people appreciate the effort that has gone into this. Um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed if no one else is. Oh, thank you for that. Do you want to go ahead and talk about the first one? Yeah, so um, Laura Marling, um, for lack of a better term, she's a folk artist. Um, she does say in the Adam Buxton podcast that she's not so keen on that label. And I can see why she sort of, there's pop elements in there. There's, you know, easy listening. I think folk would be a lazy way of describing her because she is so much more, um, which is hilarious really for me because I remember, I can't remember what gig it was, but we were in the bar of Southampton Guild Hall and I couldn't believe that she was playing there. And this is years ago and it was sold out, but the gig we were at, Definitely wasn't sold out. Now, I don't know if that might have been like a real big fish or something, but I definitely remember going, how on earth has she sold out this venue? Well, you know, my only frame of reference for her was that um, Beans on Toast song from, we're talking over a decade ago now, that he wrote about um, he wants Laura Marlin to be his girlfriend or something like that. Yeah, 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 that was it. And she is just sort of like, had a meteoric rise to fame, hasn't she, in that time? Yeah, it's mad. Uh, so when I, uh, the fir- I first, uh, other than that one, which would have been the first, the second time I really paid attention to her voice was when she did a um, song with the Mystery Jets um, and she sang vocals on a, on a track and I really liked that track. And that was the first time I sort of went, yeah, she's got quite a good voice actually. Um, and then when I, I got with Christy, my now wife, she was a Laura Marling fan, so she would put it on at dinner or in the background. And I did, you know, it was normally the same album, but I just got used to that album. And I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I can listen to this. So I have paid attention to her. I've never seen her live, but certainly enough that I was paying, I wanted to pay an interest to this album. So, it, it, you know, her first album was 2008. She had like a record deal when she was like 16. Um, and she's done seven albums in that time, um, which is, you know, quite a lot. It's a, a lot of material. But this one is, uh, her new album is, um, was released a few months early. It, it's an early release to sort of, she just wanted to get it out there. Um, it was ready and there was no point releasing it with the tour that was planned. She she just wanted to get it out there, basically, which I think is really commendable because we were saying this a few episodes ago, you know, just get it out you know you know people will find it and obviously i have so <laughs> i'm not the only one who would have found it um but it's a bit of a confusing one really because it's it's a, a, 
it's basically a concept album uh, addressed to an imaginary daughter because she doesn't actually have any children. Um, so that, that it's kind of interesting that way because a couple of the tracks are like warning this imaginary daughter about what life might be and you know she some of the bullshit that she might be told is one of the lines and it, so it's 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 really okay. like if you if you didn't know that fact it can it is a bit confusing and in fact sorry to reference him again Adam Buxton it was one of the things he hadn't double checked so he actually said and how old is your daughter and she was like oh I don't actually have a daughter <laughs> and he was oh. and, it, and he he, he, he nice was he was Doctor Buckles <laughs> no he was he was. He was apologetic and he found it like funny and he was like, but the album is so convincing because of the way she writes it and her intelligence and her, the way she conveys the songs and the lyrics that she's done. It, it, it is, it's, it's, it's an incredible album. Um, and, uh, you know, it isn't my first, the, this sort of music isn't my first thing I would go to, but Jesus Christ, it, so I have written down a couple of lines which I thought might be quite cool to say. So the reason I ended up having a late night when I was listening to it for one of the early times is because I've re- I've likened it to like a good book that you just you can't put down because I, if I start the album, I will finish the album. I haven't. That's cool. And I haven't stopped it yet, and that is genuine. And I was I was thinking about this on a run earlier because I had one song left, so I stopped the run short because I knew I'd be home quicker if I ran it. And I walked the last five minutes and stopped my run short just so I could fit the song because I didn't want to show up, the kids be waiting at home, and me come in and go, "Oh, give me three minutes. I need to finish this Laura Marling song." So I walked <laughs> to the, the I walked to the last bit just to finish the album. Um, and it's it, and like I said, the whole uh, the the address to this imaginary daughter. It's like a story. Uh, she's storytelling this this idea throughout the whole thing, and it's just it's incredible. Um, have have any of our other albums been concept albums, or is this the first? Yeah. So no, they haven't. Um, they've all been sort of a, they've chopped and changed because she she mentions briefly in an interview that she's you know dabbled with psychedelics like mushrooms mainly so some of her songs have gone a bit one way or the other but she just had this idea and she tried, decided to roll with it and it's just so elegant you know her vocals are just incredible and her range is, is really high or low and it's just really warm it's just it's, it's really nice to listen to and the whole thing is just poetic and then there's uh, I guess for anyone who hasn't heard her, there's essences of like, um, oh, what's it? Leonard Cohen. In really? a, it, there's there's similarities. She and you know, um, Patty Smith and people like that. But I, I really do think she's just put pushed them aside, and she's just taken it own now. It's like it's almost like her own genre now. Um, this style of music because she's whatever she's doing, she's really made it her own. Um, so to, like I've, I've picked a couple of tracks that I like. Strange Girl is is like an almost it's got like a poppy melody to it, which is why I was saying about the folk thing. It would be sort of lazy journalism to just call her a folk artist. And then there's sort of the the downbeat sides of raising this daughter. There's like moments of melancholy in um, a song called Blow by Blow, which is a lot slower and it's a bit more of a ballad. And her vocals really are insane in that. And then, um, yeah, the whole thing is just 
it's just a journey, like a, a journey is what I wrote down. And it is really beautifully de- delivered. And I'm honestly, for someone who up until a few years ago, I, I had no idea and I, I wouldn't have batted a second thought of to suddenly now this being possibly one of my easily one of the best albums of the last decade. I, I'm it, it, it's powerful stuff. Like if I, I'm going to read what I did realize is I don't read reviews of albums. Like I think not buying Kerrang or enemy, but they were only little blurbs, weren't they? Like little 10 sentences. Hardly a paragraph. I'd love to, I I want to find some big publications and see what they've said about it, because I'd love to know if people agree with me because I, I really do think it's insane. I think it's an incredible album. And if you've got any, if you like a female vocalist and you don't mind, maybe folkier stuff. I, I'd go and listen to it. Go find it and listen to it because it's it's, incre- it's incredible. And it will, I really want to see her live now. I, I think that would be my someone I would wait at 9am on a Friday morning to get tickets for because of this album. I've enjoyed the other albums that Christy has showed me and when she puts them on Spotify, but I've never listened to them on my own. Whereas I've not listened to this album with Christy yet because we haven't had the time, but I've probably mm. done... 20 times on my own you know it's nice when that happens like when you have like a artist that uh, you sort of share that's you know your partner's you know favorite or whatever uh which you don't mind but then for whatever reason they put out an album and it just hits you and then and then suddenly you're as much of a fan as they are like i have taken sort of like a a passing interest in the early november as a result mm-hmm. of Sam being a fan, I've been to see him a couple of times, and actually thought they were a lot better than they were uh, at their sort of early peak uh, of the drive-through days. But their their uh, album that came out last year, I love it. But I almost right. don't even listen to it as if it's the same band. It's uh, it's strange, but it's quite a nice thing. And does Sam like it? Um, yeah, but she's not been like as hot on it. Like, yeah, I haven't I haven't like heard her listening to it. Um, how she might have listened to some of the other ones, uh, oh, by which I mean at all. <laughs> um, no, it's, 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 like, it's on my playlist, is what I mean. Um, I like that. Like you said, yeah, it's it's good because we we probably will obviously listen to it at some point. Um, but yeah, I did I did say to Christy, have, have you? By the way, did you did you check out the bar? And she was like, yeah, I saw you'd listen to it on Spotify, and she did listen to it, and she thought, but not enough to I think have a proper opinion on it yet. Whereas I'm like infatuated by it, and I keep like, I was singing a lyric today as we were walking, and she was like, who's that? And I was like, it's Marling, it's Marling. <laughs> you should bloody know that, you know. That's that's yeah. oh, I have, you know. But yeah, it's um, it's great. We're not doing numbers, are we? We're not giving it an out of ten. That would be no, no, no. good. Because uh, I have to to reduce it to numbers. But yeah, really good. Um, and um, yeah, I've got no bad things to say about it. To be honest, I think it's cool. wonderful. It's on the what, playlist. What have you? Um, <laughs> so be my catchphrase. <laughs> sorry if that was a bit in. The rest aren't. The other two aren't as in depth, so they probably won't take as long. <laughs> okay. Well, I've I've got like a, a few bullet points for each one, so. I'd imagine mine would probably be about the same in length, but let's see how we go. So I'll talk about the 1975 first. Oh, uh, cool, which is probably, yeah. Probably the biggest release um, on the list here. Uh, and their new album, which is Notes on a Conditional Form, uh, which finally got released, I think it was last weekend. I mean, at the time of recording, of course. Uh, so yeah, late May. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, this was due to come out a long time ago. Uh, when they released the last album in November 2018, this was due to follow sort of within six months, kind of as like a as a second part to the album. Uh, and it didn't appear for whatever reason. And then I think the first track that was actually dropped from it was that People one that came out last summer around the time that they headlined Reading. Yeah. Um, and then there's been like a few singles in between. Uh, and they've just been dropping like track after track, like kind of a track a week, which kind of seems to be the done thing now, doesn't it? And I was thinking as the tracks were coming out, like, I'm not sure how I actually feel about that. I don't know what you think, but like, do you almost feel like where they keep doing this, like different artists with Spotify, you're kind of eventually getting the whole album. By the time the album itself drops, you've sort of heard it all in pieces rather than getting to hear the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Because um, every Friday when I do the 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 hot hits thing um they're always in it and it's always a different track but there's yeah. so many bands like that now um yeah that seems to be the the way that they release but music even that now. do you remember i don't mind I, getting a couple like i don't mind getting a couple of tracks before yeah, i think i personally think it's too many i, yeah, I, I do. you know a lead single maybe a second single bang album let's have it Get, yeah. get it out there before I have too much of an opinion on it. And I'll say this in my third album. Um, I, sometimes I think it's it's a bad move to release a single because sometimes I really don't think, as the 1975 did with that first single of theirs, and obviously you you made some really good points on that at the time, that it was a bit different and it was they started the Reading Festival set with it, didn't you yeah. say at the time? So there was obviously method in the madness there, which I which I actually do think is quite clever from them, and they seem like they're a clever band. Mm, um, very much so. But but I do, yeah. I personally, I do think over putting too much material out is puts me off. I think it would put me off because I'd be like, well, I've heard that now. I won't rush to hear the album because there's only one track left. Yeah, I think it is well. Like sometimes tracks get released that don't work standalone like they work better in the context of the album when you hear it yeah as, as yeah. one coherent piece put that um, put that thought in the uh in the locker in case i forget it because uh <laughs> okay um so anyway as it just happens, quickly so the, go on s- sorry I've, i heard the new single of the 1975 what, what uh, is the new single because i've really lost track as to what's what it's the one that you would if you, someone said Hummer 1975 tune. That would be the one you hummed because it sounds just like the 19. 19- it sat- I mean, I'm doing the old inverted commas there. Yeah, I wonder if it's the one I was talking about a couple of weeks ago. That it was the one that's got like a sax. Oh, yeah. well, it, it it sounds like it could fit on an older 1975 yeah. album. It sounds yeah, as yeah. if you know the the sound that they've now coined as their own. Yeah, I know which. I think I know which one you mean. Um, but anyway, this album is 22 tracks. So even with everything Sorry? they released beforehand, it's 22 tracks. Uh, some of them are short, like there's a lot of interludes between the main songs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But even with that, it clocks in at an hour 20, which by wow. my um, records is probably the longest album I can think of for, for a long while. Uh, probably the one that comes closest. And I did, I had to quickly check this earlier on, uh, the Vampire Weekend album that came out last year, that was about an hour and eight minutes. It's uh, too long, yeah, isn't it? Longer. I don't, I don't know. It Going back to what we said earlier on about finding the time to listen to it, it did make it quite difficult. And I had to kind of chop it up a little bit 
and yeah. do it kind of in stages because I, I just couldn't set aside an hour 20 to listen to it without interruption. Um, so it wasn't a perfect listen through the first time. Um, but I'm pleased to say it's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it does uh, sort of uh, deviate a little bit from from previous stuff. There's a, there's a lot more sort of... Um, sort of orchestral and uh and and just instrumental pieces as i say these interludes that they've got between the tracks but they still like even if it wasn't the 1975 they just sound incredible like the arrangements are fantastic and to be fair they did have a lot of stuff like that on their very early releases that they put out like the first four eps they did like each of those would have one or two just purely instrumental tracks and they have had some on the albums in between but they've really gone to town with it on this album um it makes for a mixed bag. I mean, it genre hops all over the place between each of the sort of more um, uh, conventional tracks. Yeah. So it's a it's a bit of a mixed bag. It's a is a it's a interesting listen, uh, but it's definitely got some of their best stuff on. And interestingly, really? they they each of their albums opens with the same song which is the 1975 and they just basically re-record it each time and do it slightly differently. So this time it's um, still called the 1975, but instead it's got Greta Thunberg doing like a, uh, a, a speech about obviously uh, climate change and uh, the environment and that sort of thing. So that runs for probably about a couple of minutes and then it goes straight into people. It is, it's gotta be one of the best, one track and into a second track like the sequencing is so good because you're listening to what she's saying and it's getting you angry uh even though she like she's got a very sort of like um she is angry obviously in what she's saying but she's very calm when she says it do you know what i mean um but it still gets you right off and you think yeah fuck like we gotta take this shit seriously and then it goes into people which obviously like is a really sort of like aggressive angry track um and yeah it gets you pumped like, I was listening to it in the garage, like because I, I was like, right, I need to sort some stuff out in the garage, so I'll put this on. It could be my soundtrack. I was like, I was chucking some boxes around, like in the garage <laughs> to the second track. Like, I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Okay. Like, I love it. Like, I, I was like, I was equally sort of embarrassed and like proud that I was having like some sort of like reaction to it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I've heard both of these tracks anyway, but it's just the combination of it in the sequencing which is perfect. It's got a bit of it, it's got a bit of purpose to it. Yeah, it's really good. Um so I mean at 22 tracks I could talk about it for probably an hour, which I'm not going to do. Um so I'll just concentrate on my standout track which is uh I think it's called What Should I Say? I've written it down. I've scribbled it down here. I don't um, know what do you want to say. <laughs> I'll include it on the playlist. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just this like sad and like haunting track. But yeah, really, uh, so, really cool. Do they, um, so aside from the, the one that I've referenced, is there, and obviously I know people, um, and if you were to play me, I would, are they all recognizably 1975 tracks? Bar the interludes, um, forget the interludes. I'd say yes, because of, him like his vocal is quite distinctive oh, so you yeah. if you heard it you'd be like oh i'm listening to 1975 but they they've completely uh changed it up again uh and i'd say probably that one that you're referring to is the most uh most like anything they've done before and everything yeah. else is they've just played around with it um i mean there are points where it just it just sounds like they're just messing about but 
it works. Um, and obviously they they're good songwriters and good musicians, and yeah, it's a really interesting collection of songs. I might um, I might give it a listen because they certainly they they've piqued my interest. Like I wouldn't pretend to be a fan, and I wouldn't be able to tell you any other. Like I know the the, the track people, and I know chocolate. But when was chocolate released? You know, five was years 2013, ago. I think. Yeah, yeah seven and years that, ago. Um, is that and is chocolate the same song as Petticoat? Yes. Yeah. yeah so there we go. <laughs> it's that old uh, game of ours. Well, I know, I know, I know four songs. I know chocolate. I know Petticoat. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's, uh, where, that's just one. <laughs> uh, wear your petticoat, and I know that. <laughs> Who was the band we used to do that with? The Hoosiers. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's goodbye, Mister A. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember the fake names. Truth be told, truth be told. Yeah, truth be told. Uh, goodbye, Mr. A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, oh, they're, oh, uh, they're a Radio 1 band, aren't they? They've they've had good coverage over the last decade almost now. They love them, don't um, they? But I, because I don't listen to that station, I've not really been sort of privy to that. I've just kind of enjoyed it in my own time. Yeah, I've, Yeah, and I think that's possibly how I'd enjoy it. I don't want to be told this is the 1975 there are hot hit there are top track of the week I'll, I'll probably give the album and listen when i'm running and just give it a bit more probably respect because it, they probably deserve it you know i'm you know i might not particularly be drawn to the singles but i i get what they're doing and i appreciate a musician yeah, I've, I've, I've probably said it before at some point but i just i like the obviously they've done well they've had you know commercially successful albums and rather than do the same again they've used their platform that they've built for themselves to try different things uh, and i think really you couldn't hope for more from an artist yeah and you've got to give them respect for that haven't you yeah i think that at any point they could have alienated their fan base but they seem prepared to take the risk and i think because they are ballsy and they've got conviction when they do it i think the fan base is sticking with them well a chap who would have definitely pleased his fan base with this new album, <laughs> nice segue, um, is Jeff Rosenstock, um, who once again, for the second time in a row, has dropped an album without any warning. He did it on, I want to say, with his last album, it was either Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve, and he just bang, it was just dropped. So he, this one, he was, has a lot of tracks, doesn't he? His yeah, album, I think that one yeah. you told me to listen to, that was quite a few. Was that worry? That I told you yeah, to listen to. Yeah, I think to. so, yeah. I haven't told you to listen to the new one, have I? No. Um, but yeah, he just dropped it on a Wednesday. Suddenly it appeared on Spotify, and I guess all his shop updated for buying it and distribution was told to do it on a Wednesday. Um, so it just came out of what nowhere. What band was it that he was in? Was it? Uh, Bomb the Music Industry. Yeah, which I always confuse with uh, Boom, Boom in the Diamond Boom in the Diamond, Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different uh, band. Because Very different people. Like, yeah, I definitely used to say boom in the music industry, <laughs> but yeah, um, which was sort of like an eccentric ska, punky band with a, not conventional ska, but I think what he's what he's known for is his sort of raw vocals, and I really, really, really love the 2016 album um, Worry, and then he's had one since then actually, which um. It's a good album. I wasn't massive on it. it. For me, it wasn't as strong. Very similar in um, design, I suppose. Um, but yeah, this new one, though, No Dream, 
is uh yeah it's wicked it's so it's a fun album um it's loud and it's fast and it's scatty um, yeah, i think that that's the key word that i'd have um used to review the one that i'd listen to it's it's i don't know it's 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 so weird i can imagine like it's it's you know when um I don't know. There's a certain wit to his songs as well. They're so they're very clever. The, the vocal melodies and the way he, he it, it's it's not rapping as such, but he's he's so quick and he's so sharp with his lyrical content. It, 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 but yeah, scatty is the word I wrote down, and it, but or explosive. Um, and I suppose if you ha- if you don't if you haven't heard of him and you're wondering what if you should, I don't think it falls into pop punk. Although it's got definitely got elements of say. Um, the Descendants. I would I would say it goes as far back as them and his Milo sort of lyrics, but it's then it's got this garage feel of like Weezer, and mm. I so I'd put it somewhere nicely between like Weezer and the Descendants. That's what I, 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 I sort of I was picturing, and uh, you know there's you know take maybe oh, I don't know a bit of Green Day chucked in there. It's it's got all these cool elements to it, and it's it's. It seems really DIY. It's like, it seems almost like his vocals are just like bang, 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 you know, and they're raw and explosive. Uh, but the, the whole album's definitely got a real, it, I don't want it to be like raw as in, oh, I've, oh, oh, any 10 songs, just put them on there. Yeah, it's done, you know, like you might have done if, if you were in a band when you were 15. I'll just chuck all the songs on there. It doesn't matter what order. The album's got purpose, so I don't want to, and, like everything's clearly been thought of. So if it sounds a little bit rough around the edges, that's been done on purpose. He's a clever player. Yeah, the, the flow of that previous record um, was was such that I, I sort of put it on and it was almost like it was one consistent thought that just kind of yeah, like yeah, started yeah. and it went on for, I don't know how many tracks it was, and then finished. Well, that carries on a bit in this, but there's definitely this has definitely got a bit more dynamic, I would say. So he's progressed again. So although it follows a very similar theme, uh, in the sense that it's fast and then bang, the next one's fast. He's definitely chopped and changed a bit, and there are a couple of slower tracks. So my top track is, um, and I've had, I, I, I'm going to pronounce it how he does, but we might not pronounce it like this. But my top track is Nike's. But we might just say Nike. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, we're a bit more conservative on our uh, syllables. Yeah, and it, it, I just, I don't know, it's like, it's got real sing-along choruses and it, it's its definitely got some hooks. And I can imagine a crowd like yelling, like not singing, yelling the vocals. Yeah, it, it is. It's that sort of like, um, you imagine the kind of gruff punk crowd there, like really sort yeah. of like hands up in the air, like every single word on the front row, Tim. It, if if you, I will say that his vocals won't be for everyone, and that's true to me with some artists where I, I really want to try and get into them because I think, oh god! But then I hear the vocal and I just go, nah, it's not. I can't deal with those vocals. So the vocals won't be for everyone. But if you can get past that, there's some really cool tracks, and I think it's it's another big hit for him. And he he really has developed this sort of cult following. Um, but it seems, you know, I think he's he's clearly onto something it's it's a cool sound he's got going and I, I long may it continue for him because i don't think i don't know how big uh bomb the music industry got i think they were a support band maybe i, th- I don't know if they ever came over here and headlined 
Um, I could imagine them doing sort of like one or two London dates, that sort of thing, but perhaps yeah. not a full scale UK tour. And dipping back to Europe for fest- festivals. Yeah. Like a, um, yeah, the it, definite, definite grows rock band. Yeah. And one of the smaller stages and like, like people who know him maybe rather than the band. Um, but he's been, you know, he's been going a while. Um, I think it's a decade of sort of sonar material, but I think some of that must have come out when he was still in bomb the music industry. But there's some really good tracks on it. Uh, I've listened to it uh, four times. Uh, don't know why I know that exactly. I listened to it again this morning just to you know double check what I was saying. And yeah, I think I think it's a cool album. It's decent. Um, it seems like the great thing about pop punk is that you can find offshoots of it and you can take yeah. it other little places and it still falls around that category. It's what's so lovely about this, that genre is like, we're not pop punk. Well, you know, it doesn't matter, you know? So it, 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 it just, that's, it's a lovely little bracket to put them in, but it definitely, it's a, it's, it's a bit rough around the edges, but yeah, if you can get part, if I like his vocals, cause I think they work with what he's saying. If you can pay attention to it, um, but if you're into like Weezer, Descendants, that sort of thing, I think you'd enjoy it. So yeah, it's good. So, Jeff Rosenstock, it's on no the dream. playlist. Sorry, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I spoke all over that. So uh, I, did, I didn't know we. I, I keep forgetting you've created this catchphrase. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to do it on my one. So um, oh, I've not well, been consistent. Uh, could you do an awkward edit in? I it's could. The plate and just see if people <laughs> people then because I can imagine people getting to this bit going back ten minutes and going oh he did add it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that remains to be seen if I do that or not. Um, so this is going on the playlist. I'll, I'll say that before I start, and I do need to have a sip of water. Oh, please to please give do. the full uh, attention to uh, my next one, which is. Uh, Charlie XEX and the album is called How I'm Feeling Now and this is the one that I referred to on one of our stay at home podcasts uh, because she'd started recording it at the beginning of the uh, the lockdown yeah um, oh. and she's finished this whole album now uh, and it's just come out and fair play I thought perhaps it was going to be a bit rough and ready, but this is as good as the record that she put out last year, which was a full studio album. Um, so just, so so just to give that... She can, so go on. No, so th- she started recording with the intention of maybe taking a bigger gap to record an album. But no, no, because no, of this, the spare time, this is purposely done for the lockdown. She Yeah, as something for her to do. Oh, that, <laughs> so now she's fair written, play to her written and recorded the whole thing i mean it may be that she had uh um sort of parts of ideas and stuff oh and she, yeah well, she's used them. i mean she's a very prolific songwriter and writes a lot for other musicians so it could be that they are some of them are rejected ideas from other song uh, from other uh, artists who knows but either way it's a solid um i think it's 10 tracks it might be 12 I'm not sure um but it's not even like an ep or like a like a nine track album like you know it's it's a full length release uh but the quality listening to it you know obviously it's all done on laptops and digitally and that sort of thing and i'm and i'm sure she's involved other people remotely that are uh, part of the the production process um but yeah quality really uh really impressed i mean she did do um two 
mixtapes they were called so she put out like a couple of albums before the last um proper technical um technically released album uh but because her label didn't want to work with her on an album she self-released them and called them mixtapes but oh, they right. were again just as good in terms of quality so why she's didn't, just banging why didn't the them label out wanna, why didn't the label I think because a lot of labels are still in that sort of um, archaic view of like the album cycle and that, you know, you, you, you write and record over the space of a year, then you release the album and then you tour it. um, And then you repeat two years later, whereas she wants to release music as and when she's got the ideas and she doesn't want to sit on them. So she just, yeah, just (laughs) bangs out uh, an album's worth of material. Uh, So these two mixtapes she did in the space of a year. uh, And then obviously uh, as I said, the last album came out in September, and now she's followed it up, and it's what only May. But, but there's a. I think that's yeah. I think I'm very commendable to it, and I, I think, I think I've, I can't remember who the artist was now. So if and if I think of it, maybe we'll do like a, a a tweet or something just to say Ed's remembered. But I remember listening to a podcast, and someone was saying, "I like to re- that they do their own releases now," and they were saying it was definitely male. I release the out if I've got like a set of tracks, I'll release it as an EP straight away because in six months' time I might not like those tracks. But was it, that uh, po- was it Bring that- Me the Horizon? Because you were talking about them before, weren't you? No, 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 no. They were talking about not doing an album, uh, not doing tracks that they wouldn't play live. So they're only that that was their thing. It wasn't. A, I swear it was a so. God, it's going to bug me. I think it, I think I went back. Through an uh, through a, a load of podcast um, episodes, so I don't think it's up to date. But basically, they were they were releasing the tracks because in six months their mood might have changed. But they wanted them out there because at that point in time, that's how they were feeling, and they wanted to be honest with themselves as well as with their fans or something. So, mm. in, which is true because if you wrote a set, if I wrote a set of lyrics now. In six months' time, I probably won't be feeling the same way, and I'll go, oh, you know, I can't believe I was feeling that way. <laughs> but, yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of creatives struggle with that, don't they? I think even filmmakers and stuff like they, by the time the film comes out, they don't want to watch it because they've moved on in their life. Uh, yeah. But that must be even more so for for musicians and songwriters. Um, so, can I can I ask a couple of questions? And obviously. Uh, I know you're you're a fan, so I'm hoping you'll have. With, with regards to the 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 instruments, does she do a lot digital digitally, or would she have maybe hummed a part? And is it got a live band over the back, or it's it's pro it's programmed most of it. So I imagine it's mostly done in yeah garage band, um, Ableton, all that sort of thing. Um, but as I say, I mean she has collaborated with other people in this process so i don't doubt yeah. that others have been involved with that um so yeah I don't, I don't know that much about the sort of the ins and outs of her songwriting process yeah uh, just that it starts yeah. with her and then obviously she involves yeah sorry people. to put sorry to put you on the spot it's just <laughs> it's all right no yeah, it's just fine. obviously if you were a i don't know a moby you could probably chuck out four albums in this time or a fat boy slim or a, um, someone along those cards because you're typically yeah, doing all of it in samples. That's it. So, in... she, so she, yeah. So she doesn't have those sort of restrictions say, um, and it's not even as if it needs to be done in a, you know, a fully fledged studio because it's got, you know, live drums or something like that. I mean, probably the only live part on it 
could well be the vocals. Um, and I mean, even then, if you've got a decent mic and you can, uh, you know, record them with a, a quilt over your head or something, you know, to sort of like acoustically treat the the space. Um, Let me just write just that touch down. Touch them up. Just for my new EP, can you just quickly write that? Put a quilt over my head. <laughs> I'm just writing that down because I don't want to forget that when I record the, my new song. But quilt overhead. Perfect sound. Thank I, you. I think it's because she's led on her bed in the uh, on the album artwork. I'm just imagining oh, yeah. she recorded most of this in her bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. She didn't even get up. <laughs> um, but no, great album. Uh, and my standout track is uh, well. There's two that I really like. There's I won't say this is my standout because there's another one that I seriously like. Um, but there's one that is like a part two to a track that was on the most recent album, uh, which is called Click. And it's got her and like a load of guests, like a whole like group of different guest vocalists doing like little parts. And then this one's called Click Part Two. Um, oh, actually, no, I think it's called C2.0 or something fancy like that. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it basically like it just has this line in it where she just keeps like saying like, uh, I miss them every night. I miss them every night. And there's not a lot in the album that is about um, like quarantine or lockdown or anything like that as such. Because remember I was saying like, I kind of took issue with some of the artists that were doing that because it, I didn't really want to, yeah. you know, keep hearing about it. Um, but there's just something like, just like quite sad, like that she's just like saying about, about missing her friends. And it's just like, it, it's just, it's nicely done. It's nicely done. I like that one. Uh, but the real standout track for me is called Enemy, which I think she just dropped a video for as well, which has got this uh, really sort of like groovy kind of like downtuned bass line like as it comes in. Uh, and you know what you say like about um, like songs where you can't really explain like why you like it, but you just become yeah, yeah. like hooked of it. This is my latest one for me. It's oh, just like a fresh sound. And I just, yeah, love it. We'll potentially be hearing about this in our Christmas episode then. It's on the playlist. <laughs> hey! Uh, right. What have you got next? Yeah, I have got um, another one. And it's, I think I, I said I would do the full album. So I've listened to now the whole of the used album, Heartwork. So cool. If, yeah, I need to get around to this. I've, I've not checked it out yet. Well, see what you think. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's it's not a bad album. It's really, really not a bad album at all. There's some real, real highlights to it. And there's some real moments of brilliance, which I think if they'd ran with that sort of thing, I think it would have been a phenomenal um I don't want to say return to form because what form what is what the fuck is form in this day and age now? You know, what their pivotal album, some would argue is um Love and Death, but then yeah, I my think favorite. I think then the following album with like Bird and the Worm and Pretty Handsome Awkward, I think that is a, a phenomenal. What's that? Is that Lies for the Liars? Yeah, yeah, think, like which is is probably slightly heavier. But then the, the album before this one is a bit oh shit. Um, but <laughs> you tried, you tried there to uh, to be more articulate. Yeah, yeah. So this is 16 tracks. Uh, and I'll quickly say that the the artwork for it, so it's called Heartwork. The artwork on the front cover of the album features the same heart in that noose type thing as Love and Death. So that straight away went made me think, oh, 
you know, if we start off with a take it away year, I'll be a happy man. Um, and I th- I, it's an album of three parts, in my opinion. The first five tracks are so confidently delivered and aggressive and heavy. And it's like, yes, this is Bert's vocal sounding awesome. That You know, the same guitarist that they've had the whole time, him playing some really, really cool, thrashy guitar with big choruses. And then suddenly the middle section is 16 tracks. So that's only five. The, the middle section is like dancey and a bit experimental and a bit clubby in in parts a bit like yeah i I sort of caught a vibe of that from the uh the lighthouse track like that's in that second part yeah i quite like that yeah that's what i quite liked about that track yeah so i love lighthouse and i think it's great and it fits in with the album so so well it comes at you and it's like yes let's have it it, but there's a few tracks mustered in between them, which oh, and I had to. You have no idea how long it took me to Google the name of this band. I had the image of what they looked like. I could picture the single, but some of the tracks literally sound like they could be on like an Imagine Dragons album. And after the first five tracks, which are like huge. And I'm, I'm not saying yet I want the use to be all hardcore. I don't, I'm not saying that because I don't listen to a hell of a lot of heavy stuff. Um, but yeah, I was just like, oh, is it, is it, do we need another one of these? You know, did we could have had like four or three Chuck Lighthouse in there. I still don't know why the fuck they released Cathedral Bell as the lead single because I'm honest, but, but what I will say, is that in the context of the album, it blends in lovely. And in, be- <laughs> in between the two tracks it sits in, doesn't it's nothing like it is when it was released on the release radar on Spotify. And I went, what the hell is this? Because it came on and I almost forgot I'd heard it before, which is a good thing. But as a single, no. Um, so... Uh, Freshy Hardcore, Track Free is almost, yeah, like an Imagine Dragons record, um, a bit clean cut, a bit dancey. Um, and the middle section of the album, I think, is a tad overproduced by John Feldman. Um, but then it goes back to being a bit heavy to finish. And I think they, they would, do, it, the heavier stuff on this album is the stronger material for me. Now, I'd be interested to see what you think if you give it a listen. Um, but the, the album flows; it does flow well, and the more upbeat, um, more polished, dancier tracks with the—they've still got live drums, they've still got guitar, so they still fall into a rock sort of feel. Um, I just think there's a few too many, so that would be my. I think it possibly needed someone a bit in the the, the editing process to say, "Look, it doesn't need to be 16. Let's kill two of the middle tracks." Leave Cathedral Bell, leave Lighthouse because they're really strong actually in the album. Um, but let's leave, make it a thirteen-track album and just lose three of the middle tracks. And I think it would have been a really, really good length and a really good listen. Mm. Um, I think they just went to town with this this other style of song, 
But I said, you know, I, I was really, really pleasantly surprised. I, I, I wasn't from Cathedral Bell and Lighthouse. I was a bit like, oh, bloody hell, it's going to be all of this. And then that first track kicks in and I was like, bloody hell, let's have it, you know. And like you, if I'd been in a garage, I probably would have been throwing some boxes. <laughs> um, That's the new test. Yeah, could you throw boxes in a garage? Um, but the opener is, so the top track for me, um, or the, the track will choose just... May if, if we're basically possibly going to be a bit cheeky and put two on, I'd like to do Lighthouse, but the opening track Paradise Lost is huge. It's a wicked track. Um, it's on the heavier side of the songs on the album, but there's a there's a real mix. But yeah, I just think it could have done with a bit of fine tuning, make it a bit shorter, and maybe lose some of the production values, make it a bit rawer, and it would have been. I reckon it would have been a massive album. But didn't uh, cool. quite didn't quite get there. It's it's almost there, but it, it it's it's yeah a couple of flaws let it down. Regardless of that, it's on the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> we could get some merch it's done on the playlist. We could have it. We could get some t-shirts done. It's just saying <laughs> it's on the playlist. You Maybe know, that's what the new show is going to be called. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't mind right. that. It's on the and playlist. Have you, have you got another one or did you I've not? I've got one more to close out. Um, oh, lovely. I feel like I'm going to say very similar things to what I said to uh, you about um, about Charlie. Because this is, uh, see, I'm in this sort of like tug of war. Who's my favourite? Charlie or Carly? And they both released albums within a week of each other. I think it might have even been the same week. So I'm, of course, referring to Carly Rae Jepsen, who has released a B-side to her album that came out last year. Um, okay. On the surface doesn't quite make sense, does it? Because obviously albums have B-sides anyway. Um, so it's a bit like the whole Less Than Jake anthem and then Beers with B-sides deal, where she just put out an album's worth of material that didn't make it onto the um, the the main album. But it's just as strong. Um, it, it's another... 12 tracks i think the main release was 15 uh, but she wrote 200 songs for this session wow. um whittling it down to 15 for the main release and yeah, as i say like another 12 now on this so there's still like another what 175 by my very quick maths out there uh, and i mean obviously when you say 200 songs like they're in varying levels i'd imagine of of, of finish uh but yeah she's another one that's just an, a prolific songwriter and um yeah but uh, wow. some great stuff on there. Um, my standout track, I'll, I'll get to you very quickly, uh, it's called Comeback, uh, which is a collaboration with Bleachers. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Uh, I don't know that much about them, but I do know that she did a track on their album a couple of years ago, which was really good. Uh, and now this one, they feature on her track. And uh, yeah, that's that That would be my one that goes on the playlist. Uh, Who, um, another... Do you know anything about Bleachers? No, I don't know anything at all. I, I sort of ran out of time this afternoon in my prep for this. I should have looked up and found out a bit more. Um, but maybe that's what will be my own homework assignment is to go and research them. They're an American indie pop band. Um, 80s influence um, style. Yeah, yeah. I, and to be fair, most of Carly Rae stuff is very 80s. They've done an MTV Unplugged, so they must be quite... Yeah, I think they are fairly big. big. Yeah, it, it's just not a band that I've uh, listened to that much. I don't, I don't think they've... Yeah, I've not 
I wouldn't have been able to, to I guess, I would have guessed probably a heavier with a name like that. But yeah, so I'll, I'll check them out, but I will probably check this album out. Um, well, there's one song on it that I thought of you when I was listening to, because I think it's got a very um, E Street Band sound to it, um, which is an odd thing to say. But as I say, she does pull in lots of like 80s influences on her album and just does it in a very yeah. modern style. Uh, and it's called Let's Sort the Whole Thing Out listen to it and, and see what you think i, I reckon you pick out the uh the springsteen influence in it um but yeah just generally i, I think she's almost like the 80s pop star that you d- d- just kind of got forgotten about and then someone's like uncovered it like years later um yeah yeah but this is the this is the second time she's done this so she did a b-side for her previous album as well so there's, there's this real trend at the moment of like these pop stars where you've got um you know, a, a, a singer-songwriter at the kind of the root of who the pop star is, of yeah. them just releasing music as and when, and it just it breaks that traditional model of the of the album. I think cycle. it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I do. think it, it it keeps people interested as well. You know, I've often um, joked about how much material Frank Turner's chucked out in such a short period of time, but he's still current he's still touring decent sized venues so there's obviously something in it you know in in this day of like streaming as well like for an artist to have more content on something like spotify it just makes sense because it's just more streaming revenue that they're going to get yeah oh definitely, definitely. And i think i think we're seeing that at the moment aren't we where obviously bands have lost the revenue from live shows they are putting more and more content onto uh platforms mm. like spotify um but yeah, so yeah, another no, strong, good on another strong album. Uh, so I've been really pleased. It's been a it's big, big couple of weeks. I've not even really spoken about the Hayley Williams album, but I mean, we we spoke about that a bit before. Uh, but that that came out and that's rounded out as a as a good release, and that's that's fifteen tracks as well. Well, we can always, you know, depending on what sort of feedback we get, because we do appreciate all feedback, and we did get, we've had a couple of um, lovely iTunes reviews. Um, and we we genuinely uh, genuinely do love hearing back and you know your little jokes, even if it's just a that reminded me of my childhood. You know, um, you know, get in touch with us on the Instagram, on Twitter. We would love you if you listen to this on Apple Podcast, or even if you don't and you've still got the app, please do leave us a review um, and rate it because it it obviously helps us get seen. Um, but yeah, if you've liked this episode. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed listening to yours, mainly because I don't know so much about um, Charlie XCX. I know about Carly Rae Jepsen, um, and I know that you you were a fan. Um, but genuinely, I'll probably listen to all three of those albums just to see what what you were saying, and just maybe then I can give you feedback on on what you know on what I thought because um, it's not uncommon for me to like a band that you like. So, you know. wow. If you're looking for these uh, these tracks and these albums in one easy place to find them all, you need to check out the playlist on Spotify, which you can find in the comments of this episode. There we go. That was nicely done, wasn't it? Yeah, lovely. Um, well, yeah, I appreciate that. I really, really, um, really enjoyed that. And like I said, I hope everyone else did too. If there's any albums you think we should check out, um, because a friend of mine did say go back and listen to the used album. I would have anyway, but he found my comments about Cathedral Bell funny and he was like, do the whole album. So I, I made the effort to do it um, and I'm glad I did. Um, so, it's you know, we're always up for suggestions, aren't we? We're not. Yeah, let us know what's uh, on your playlist at the Mo. Um, 
and maybe at some point we could do a collaborative playlist of these with uh, some of our regular listeners. That'd be cool. Yeah, and um, you uh, you might be able to get a track on, on the playlist. The playlist. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, obviously you can find us as well on the socials at Two Track Mind Pod. Uh, and Edward, where can people find you if they want to know what you're up to? Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram um, at Run with Ed. Lovely. And I'm at Liam Toms and liamtoms.com. Uh, hoping to get back to some writing on the site soon, uh, as time permits. Um, cool. So thanks for listening and look out for another episode of this new show in this new format coming very soon on the Two Track Mind podcast feed. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>